0: All right, what is going on everybody? This is Matt Rinky, the founder of Illumination Wealth. I am very excited because I have a world-renowned expert CPA who is the founder of Dark Horse CPAs, located in North County of San Diego and works with people all over the country. Uh, Dark Horse is a comprehensive accounting and tax planning firm that work, work with individuals, growing entrepreneurs across the country, and uh, they just provide excellent advice you know, very creative planning and creative strategy and are intimately involved with all that's been changing due to the CARES Act uh, that has transpired as of late. So a very timely interview. Excited to have Chase on here. Chase, welcome. Thank you, Matt. Well, uh, anything else that I may have missed that you might want to share a little bit about uh, your background for those that are listening?
1: Yeah, so specifically with Dark Horse CPAs, we are the CPA to small businesses Uh, That is really our bread and butter as well as individuals. Uh, So we've been, you know, working around the clock, trying to make sure that our clients are in the best position possible to take advantage of all of the uh, stimulus that's being provided, whether, you know, in the form of the paycheck protection program loans or the economic injury disaster loans, uh, tax credits, associated tax deductions, uh, you know, different payment and filing deadlines. I mean, a lot, a lot has changed. And, um, You know, there's never been a more important time for small businesses to have, you know, a trusted advisor, uh, you know, leading them through this because there's just a lot of noise out there. It's a very fluid situation. Things are changing literally by the minute. Um, You know, there's deferring guidance, even in the same document. I mean, there's SBA Q&As that literally say one thing and then they absolutely say the opposite in the next question, you know, and where does it all land? I mean, you know we don't always have the answers. We have, you know, a good idea of what they will clarify and, you know, change later on, you know? So uh, part of part of the value that we're providing you know, to our clients is, look, this is what's out there right now. However, we have reason to believe it's gonna be this way because this is what the law says. This is what the intent of, you know, the law is. However, you know, it currently isn't allowing for, you know, a certain, certain item. So, you know, just making sure that, our small business clients are in the best position possible because, uh, obviously, they're you know some of the most vulnerable businesses out there. Um, many of which you know can't survive much more than you know a couple of weeks uh, in the absence of revenue. So, you know, I mean, just to kind of give you a little bit of a you know framework for where I'm at from you know mental standpoint, I'm honestly pretty frustrated. Um, you know, and I say that because uh, as of last night, you may have heard this. Uh, The SBA uh, announced they've essentially run out of funds uh, for the program. And, you know, we all knew this was going to happen. You know, it was a matter of just when it happened. We were hopeful, however, that, you know, we would have had a clear indication of additional appropriations, you know, coming into the program. However, there's currently a, you know, a fight between Republicans and Democrats in terms of what is going to be added in addition to that. Uh, Because, you know, there's pretty much bipartisan support for that additional $250 billion of funding for the Triple P program. However, there's just other things that have to be agreed upon. And, uh, you know, time is of the essence here. Uh, So, you know, we're pretty frustrated, you know, on behalf of our clients that, you know, because of how this whole process was rolled out, it was just very unfair and uh i mean it really benefited the people or the businesses who had not only the right relationship but also the right relationship with the right bank because you could have had a solid relationship with a solid bank and if they weren't well positioned to take advantage of the program you got left behind Uh, so many banks you know were are not allowing anyone to apply through them that's not a pre-existing customer a lot of banks you know specified that you had to be not only you know, a deposit customer, but also you know, have a lending product with them, yep. uh, which further excluded a number of people. Wells Fargo cap their lending at ten billion. I mean, there was just roadblock after roadblock after yep. roadblock that you know, <laughs> just there's nothing you could do about it. It was just the situation. You know, the you know, the the cards that we were dealt in this situation. So, coming at this from a little bit of a point of frustration, you know, because we're doing everything we can with our clients, you know, to make sure that they get this as timely as possible. Um, You know, having said that, we're confident that the money's gonna come in uh, via these additional appropriations. It's just a matter of when. Uh, And, you know, the silver lining is for probably a number of businesses, quite honestly, you know, that delay could actually work to their benefit because if they're closed or, you know, only partially open, if they're able to, you know, have that loan origination a little later and thus that eight week period a little bit later, they might actually be open or, you know, at least more uh, open than they currently are, uh, you know, to take advantage of uh, using those dollars productively and not just paying people salaries to do nothing. So there could be some silver lining there, but right now it's just, you know, it's a little bit of a frustrating place to be, but we're, we're, uh, we're confident that we'll get our clients where we need to go. Yeah. yeah. One of the things about these, you know, live interviews is that you have uh, distractions from time to time. And I've got my dog knocking on my door right now.
0: No, no problem. We, uh, I didn't bring mine into the office today. Uh, all good. All good. So for those of your clients that may have received the money or got approved and will be getting the money. What successful decisions do they needed to be doing now to maximize this, even though their revenue or the demand side for the business might be down? What should they be doing right now for maximizing forgiveness and helping their business get through this period?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there's a number of things you can do. I think from the start, what you really want to do is have proper segregation of funds, you know, so that you're able to show, you know, really that, that, that that money went to a very specific account, uh, which hopefully is a payroll account, because that's what the majority of what you'll be using this loan is for. Mm -hmm. Um, So having that money go straight into that payroll account, uh, using it to run your payroll, um, as well as, you know, there's uh, rent, as well as utilities uh, that are included in what you can get it forgiven for, so that's up to 25%. Uh, So, you know, you wanna make sure that you have a firm understanding of exactly what your eight-week period is, because that's gonna be from loan origination to eight weeks beyond that. And they're gonna be looking at the check dates you know, that you ran via payroll in that eight week period. So you wanna make sure that you didn't you know, maybe run a payroll a day before your loan origination period or a day after the eight week period. You, know, you wanna make sure that you're dialed in on those fronts. Um, you, know, you also wanna make sure that you understand you know, that when you annualize anyone's pay, uh, anything that exceeds $100,000 is not gonna qualify for loan forgiveness. Uh, however, retirement contributions, uh, payments towards healthcare, that can go above that hundred thousand dollar mark uh, without you know any negative repercussions in terms of loan forgiveness. So you know, being strategic about exactly you know how that's going to work, um, you know, you want to make sure obviously that uh, your head count uh, is where it needs to be because if your head count is lower during that eight week period. Than it was uh, during, you know, there's a couple different ways to look at the past uh, as a comparison period. But if whatever that comparison period is, if your head count's down, you know, then you can have an exclusion uh, of the amount that you can be forgiven for. So you wanna make sure, you know, to the extent that you can, that you're able to rehire uh, if you've let people off or laid people off, um, which, you know, brings about other issues. Uh, you know, I know that we've talked about this, you know, somewhat in passing. But uh, you know, you might be as an employer in a position where you're trying to rehire your employees back so that you can get this loan forgiveness of the program, uh, and they might say, "Well, I'm making more money on unemployment, so yep. thanks, but no thanks." Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, the worst case scenario there is that you know you don't get all of the loan forgiven, and if that were to happen. I mean, the benefit here is that we're talking about 1% interest, payments deferred for six months and then payable over two years. Uh, So I think for most people, whatever they're not able to be forgiven for is still going to be a relatively small burden uh, and one that's deferred,
0: to be honest. And what do you think about this, knowing that companies have let go of employees and some of the demand side of their business may not be there, whether it's a restaurant and they let go of a lot of employees or a medical facility that is not having the same patient volume. Could they hire somebody in a different industry to help them shore up? Let's say they need a marketing person or a PR person. Could they hire, use some of those funds to hire a different type of, you know, employee that might help solidify their business that they weren't necessarily had on payroll in the past, but could help them, their business and help employ people.
1: Right. And that goes to kind of a larger point here that there's not going to be any specific, you know, identification of the exact same people needing to be the people, you know, that gets your headcount above a certain level. Uh, these can be totally different people than you had employed, you know, in your comparison period. So they're just really looking at full-time equivalence uh, in terms of how they're defining headcount and you know who those people are doesn't matter. Um, so you know to that question about, you know, potentially hiring on some people to different areas that you didn't have previously. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely a way to make sure that, you know, you are maximizing this loan forgiveness. I mean, really what you wanna be thinking about as a business owner is, you know, this money is free money to a certain extent in terms of what you get forgiven for. However, you want to actually maximize that dollar, uh, you know, even if it is a quote unquote free dollar, Uh, because you don't want to just be paying salaries to pay them you know you want to do something that's going to push your business forward Uh, so you want to be mindful about you know just how you're using those dollars uh, because you know even though it's you know going to be a tax free you know forgiveness of that, that loan money and it's going to essentially be free dollars you know there's a unprecedented opportunity to really move your business more, not just in this regard, but in many regards, you know, it's, it's really the businesses that are, you know, keeping their head on their shoulders, observing the landscape, looking for opportunities, pivoting their offering, you know, to be relevant in today's context, okay. uh, you know, that those are the businesses that are going to thrive and be in a better position we're coming into this, you know, and I, I would say even further than that, you know, once we, come out of this shutdown, there's going to be a a period of time where things are not normal. You know, there's some, you know, stair-step version back into normal life. But even when we're at quote-unquote normal life, this is going to have societal changes packed into it that, you know, is really going to change, you know, the business landscape for a lot of industries, you know. And so if you're not, position yourself now to be relevant for what that new reality looks like, you're going to get left behind.
0: Absolutely. And you were talking a little bit about how some client, some of your clients or businesses might be positioned to come out of this. Well, looking at the business owners that you consult and advise, you mentioned initially how, you know, some might not have the funds for the next two weeks. What do you notice inside of the companies and business owners that you work with, the ones that, are prepared for this what have they done differently versus the ones that might not only be able to last a couple weeks until they have to turn the lights out like what are some of those key fundamental differences
1: yeah i mean i guess i would first start off with you know addressing that question by saying you know no one was prepared for a situation like this sure you know uh, from a biz ops standpoint or you know pivoting your offering. I mean, no one had this on their radar. Uh, However, there are businesses that were uh, in a much more secure position to be able to withstand the storm. You Mm -hmm. know, so liquidity, cash is absolutely king. So companies that um, had access to cash, whether that was cash reserves that they had uh, either, you know, in their business or Otherwise, you know, maybe in a personal account or, you know, access to lines of credit, those sorts of things that, you know, can weather that storm and provide some insulation. Those are the companies that are, you know, much better set up than uh, the ones who only had a very short supply of cash and had no other access to lending facilities. Because what we've seen here is that while all of this stimulus is great, it's very delayed, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking about people just now this week on the individual front, getting their stimulus payments, uh, assuming they had their direct deposit uh, account, you know, uh, information readily available for the IRS. Um, We're just now seeing companies get their emergency EIDL grant dollars uh, for many businesses that came in, I believe it was on Tuesday, uh, which ended up being $1,000 per employee, up to $10,000, which... Was never stated anywhere. It was kind of just a decision that was made after the fact. Um, so I think that surprised a lot of setters uh, yeah. and you know self-employed folks uh, were not super happy because they only count for one. Right. Uh, so, but anyways, you know the point there being that while you know there's a lot of good things coming out of the pipeline, it's still in the pipeline. It's not here. You know, very few businesses have. Their triple P money in hand right now, uh, so even though they've exhausted 350 billion dollars, it's just in commitments. And where is that money? Where is the EIDL money? It's it's coming, but it's not here. So, you know, liquidity. The, the businesses who had that liquidity and the access to 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 cash are the ones that are you know just in the best position here.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. It definitely seems to be be the case. Now, is there anything out there that You know, people, I know there was a lot of confusion and things were changing rapidly within these programs. Is there anything that, you know, business owners are misunderstanding or is there any other programs or benefits out there that are not really being talked about that people should be thinking and looking into right now?
1: So, yeah, I mean, I think most business owners know of the EIDL and Associated Emergency Grant uh, as well as the Triple P program. Uh, I mean, there's many other uh, options out there that just have much smaller funding. Uh, We saw something come through from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce that was grants up to $5,000 if your business is in a qualifying uh, zip code. Um, The city of San Diego did something um, where, uh, they I think they did this about three weeks ago, Uh, where they opened up their applications to a grant fund they had set up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not a lot of money in that. A lot of businesses obviously left out. Uh, But there are those, you know, options and opportunities. Uh, You know, I've heard Facebook is doing something. Google has uh, some uh, options out there to get credits on AdWords. So there are, you know, just a lot of your ancillary programs that are out there that are worth you know, scanning the the horizon for uh, some companies are even going the crowdfunding route. Uh, you know, to see if they can you know generate quote unquote donations to keep their business alive. So you know, there's some ways to get creative and ways to you know, you know, look in places where other people aren't. However, a lot of those areas are not huge in terms of funding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've got to be very quick. Uh, you know, to act on those. But in terms of you know, kind of, I think there's there is just a lot of general confusion on how you know the EIDL and Triple P program work together. There's a lot of nuances there, you know, not all of which are really worth getting into right now. Um, but I think another area too that people are you know kind of um, ignoring uh, is what is available on the tax credit side of things uh, and or deferral. Um, there's been a number of changes that have happened. Uh, one of which, which was kind of a big deal when it first came out, but kind of got eclipsed then by the uh, the CARES Act and the Triple P program. Uh, there is a tax credit out there for uh, sick leave uh, and emergency family sick leave as well. That is a direct offset of the tax withholdings that you remit to the uh, to the government. So you know that's a way to get immediate relief. Granted, it's got to be a qualifying situation where. Uh, your employee is in either self-quarantine or they're caring for children uh, that have their daycare or uh, school clothes, which is pretty much uniform across the board right now. Oh, yeah. um, so, you know, making sure you're not just getting so blindsided, so, you know, tunnel vision focus on the EIDL and Triple P because there, there are opportunities like that. But that's real dollars right now that you're going to save in the form of reduced um, tax deposits. So, you know, there's, there's that and there's a, there's a host of other different things. I mean, there's a payroll tax deferral, uh, which there's some confusion on there because uh, if you are getting a loan via the Triple P, you're not eligible. However, what a lot of people don't realize is that uh, you're able to do that uh, payroll tax deferral up until the date that you are approved for the Triple P program. So if you didn't get in on that first wave, you should be you know, thinking about deferring those payroll taxes now uh, because that's going to be an interest-free loan. Uh, you'll pay 50% of it at the end of 2021 and the other 50% at the end of 2022. So, I mean, it's things like that you just you don't want to overlook. They're not as sexy or as big of dollars as EIDL or the P is, but some of these things are a lot more immediate in terms of their relief. Uh, and, you know, if you're smart about it, it doesn't always conflict with eligibility for those loan programs.
0: Absolutely. And I think this just all speaks to the fact that there's a lot going on. Business owners have to be putting out fires and addressing things and pivoting inside their business. They need to have resources who are staying up to date like yourself to know all of the nuances of these tax changes because it's going to impact their ability to grow out of this. And so. Yeah, those are great, great things. And now, kind of taking it back to your own, you know, your own business. You you're focused on growing your company and building a business. Uh, What have you been doing strategically to navigate your own business and team through this environment?
1: Yeah, and I think you know, my answer might not be as technical per se as maybe other accountants uh, would be, but for, for me, it all comes down to your team. Mm -hmm. Uh, right now is you know unprecedented in many ways one of which is the opportunity for leadership uh, because everyone is looking for leadership in this situation you know and so as business owners and leaders you know the ones of us who can provide that level of confidence assurance you know and really a platform of empowerment for them to be a part of the solution, to be a part of getting through this, you know, to have that mutual buy-in and ownership there, you know, the, the, the companies that are able to leverage that are the ones that are, you know, creating the foundation for being able to pivot successfully and to evolve and, you know, come out of the stronger than they were going into it, you know, and what we've seen is, you know, when you have a crisis, you, you, you learn, Things about your employees that you didn't otherwise know you know people there's a lot of people that will step up in the face of crisis it will make them engage in ways that they maybe previously didn't you know it, it adds a certain level of purpose that you may not have had in your business prior to it um, you know so it's it, to me that's that's the, the breeding ground of where you're going to come up with ideas that are going to move that business forward you know so even though it's not a direct you know, A plus B equals C sort of strategy. It's a bit more intangible. Yeah, I can't, un, I can't overstate the importance of having your team dialed in. I mean, you can't over communicate at this point. I mean, the more that you're communicating, the better. Um, you know, but outside of having your team dialed in and engage, and you know, heading, marching the right direction. Uh, you know, being being cognizant and you know really keeping an eye out for what's happening out there uh because you know a lot of things are happening you know people are thinking of different innovative ideas and you know there's just there's a lot of innovation happening with people you know somewhat twiddling their thumbs so you know things are shifting um you know consumer demand and what people are looking for is constantly evolving so you've got to you've got to have a good eye on kind of where these trends are developing and how your business can you know capitalize on you know where things are headed you know a a small example there is uh, just this morning uh, my wife sent me an article uh, which was related to hairstylists uh, being able to do appointments where they coached someone to cut the hair of their client Mm -hmm. uh, which you know no one would have ever thought of that because you know it seems almost ludicrous, but I can tell you as someone who has some really messy <laughs> hair right now that uh I'm probably actually gonna have my wife <laughs> cut my hair. So yeah. we're probably gonna do that. And you know, there one of our clients is uh, you know a, a massive salon uh based out of Las Vegas. And you know, that's gonna be something we're you know educating our stylists on as a potential to earn some money now, right? Because Absolutely.
0: You got to be creative, so. Yep, uh, exactly. I mean, I don't have the same haircut problem with you. I got mine down, but my wife cut my son's hair the other day, her first go around at that, and even inside of her business, I mean, they were physical therapy and manual therapists, but now they've gone to be able to do more virtual classes, virtual therapy, but it's a different skill set, you know? There's different technical approaches. It might even be harder because you're having to coach somebody through it versus your muscle memory and learning in new ways, but we've gotta be willing to adapt in this environment. And so I appreciate you sharing one last question for you, somebody who knows numbers on top of finances, but coming out of this, what would you be doing differently within your business or personal finances seeing how this health and economic crisis has unfolded?
1: Well, the thing I've been telling my wife a lot is that a cash is king and really what i mean in that regard is that you know the the people and the businesses that are able to really capitalize in situations of fear and panic are ones that have either cash or assets that are easily convertible to cash Uh, because you might see the opportunity of a lifetime you know um maybe that was Boeing stock for you when it was down at $90, you know? Um, But if you don't have the cash available to, you know, materialize that, that, that feeling or, you know, that, that knowledge you have, that this is a great time to buy. It's, I mean, you're kind of in a straight jacket, right? It's like, you know, okay, I could make money if I had the cash to do this. However, because there's so much uncertainty and I'm, you know, strapped for cash as it is, whatever the situation is, you know, if you don't have the money to make moves, then you get left behind and you end up kicking yourself, right? So, uh, you know, it can be frustrating to have, you know, cash per se, because it's not doing anything, right? But if you have that, or at least, you know, assets that you can turn into cash quickly in a non-fire sale sort of way, you know, that's that's the sort of resource that you need going into this. You know, if you really want to, Um, take advantage of the opportunities out there, you know, and I'm not speaking in a, you know, uh, shameless opportunist sort of way, just, you know, whether it's the stock market or otherwise, when there's panic, stocks are on sale. People know that, you know, but when it comes to where they're going to come up with the money to do that, you know, that's where a lot of people either don't have the stomach to handle it or just don't have, you know, the funding to do so. You know, so for me, this has kind of been, you know, an eye opening moment on, okay, maybe I shouldn't have all of my money tied up in illiquid assets, you know, maybe, maybe we should have some more liquidity on hand, you know, so that as these opportunities arise, you know, there is the ability to capitalize.
0: Awesome. No, great share. Great share. I love hearing it from your perspective. That's fantastic. Well, appreciate your time. Appreciate all that you've kind of all the knowledge that you've dropped regarding these programs, tax planning opportunities for businesses. We're here to just help people navigate through this. That's that's the intent of these conversations. And uh, I hope, you know, you watching, listening got something out of this. And so for Chase, like how can people find you any any resources, anything that they need to know to get in touch with you or uh yeah how, how do they how do they track you down
1: yeah absolutely so darkhorsecpa.com um that's our website you can email us info at darkhorsecpa.com uh, we are very accessible online um so yeah any any questions you guys have we are more than happy to uh set aside some time to walk you through uh, it's usually not a quick answer to many questions you know so we're we're doing free initial consultations with uh all clients during this time our prospective clients uh you know to make sure that a they have the information they need um and b that they're not worried about you know trying to fork over money that they may not have during this time so we're, we're here to be a resource and uh, uh the easiest way to get get in touch with us is to look us up online
0: Awesome. Well, I appreciate it again. Look forward to having other conversations as uh, things unfold and uh, hopefully good times ahead, more uh, good economic times ahead and health times ahead. So thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.